Welcome to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Here with special guest Joe Green. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Is uh, you want to introduce yourself to everyone out there listening? Uh, sure. Hi. Good. Good to be with you. Um, uh, my name is Joe Green. Uh, I'm a writer, researcher, playwright, all kinds of other stuff. But um, my website is Joe Green JFK. Um, I've written a number of articles over the years for various outlets, including. Uh, Jim Diogenio's Kenny's and King and Steam Shovel Press and stuff like that. And I've written a few books uh, on the subject of, of uh, Kennedy assassination and other things. And, uh, and I've also produced a film, a documentary about it, which is a long, crazy story. And we can talk about it if you want. Yeah, well, let's, before we get into the documentary, for instance, but where do you typically focus in on the JFK assassination? Because there's plenty of I mean, just interesting stuff about it. I think um, my kind of, I would say, downfall in the beginning of getting into the JFK topic was focusing around the very, very interesting stuff that a lot of people know about, like the autopsy and all these things. They're all fascinating stuff, but you realize the whole case in general is just very, very fascinating. If you look at manipulation, if you look at so many other things that boil down into what people would label as conspiracy, but with documents to back it up, but nobody wants to look at those as well, too. Um, where, where would you like to tell me your focus is? Um, well, I have an odd focus because a lot of my work actually has to do. So let me go back to the beginning. First of all, um, I'm basically very philosophically inclined. Uh, that was my first love is philosophy. So I come at it from that angle. And then secondly, the way I got into all this stuff is um, by running across an article by John Judge uh, called The Black Hole of Guiana. And I've told this story before, but basically... The, I was so impressed by the article that I decided I had to meet John. And I live in Texas, I live in San Antonio. He was having a coalitions on political um, assassinations meeting every uh, November in Dallas. And so one year I just drove up and I met John and we talked for several hours. And basically from that point on, um, I was started helping him put the conferences on and getting into all this stuff. Um, and so I so so John Judge is sort of birthed from Penn Jones and May Russell, uh, particularly May Russell was was his mentor, and one of the things that May did and that John did was look at everything holistically. So um, you are connecting all of these various events, not just the Kennedy assassination. So that's what I try to do. A lot of my work has to do with contextualizing in a historical sense various assassinations, not just the Kennedy, but also Malcolm X, Dr. King, and other things. And we can kind of get into that and what, what that means. But that has been my, my general approach. It's it's funny because I've mentioned the example um, when I was looking through the JFK assassination, I somehow stumbled onto RFK. 
And I was like, it's like smelling a wine. And David Mantic goes, what? And I go, you know, when you smell a wine, you're like, I'm picking up notes of this. Well, when I was looking through RFK, I was like, I'm picking up notes of JFK. I'm picking up. Um, and I think the way you handle with like the philosophy, uh, the philosophy aspect of it, where you're looking at, it's good because you can also see where it's leaked into. Is this happened before? It's also predicting if it's the same course of action that was taken, maybe in a different method in a different time. Like I always go, if you like if you believe or where I believe, I would say the CIA or the national intelligence uh, system kind of. It, they killed the president. Um, they set it up or they they did this thing. And you realize that it hasn't there's cause of that. There's there's things you can point at in history that show you that the government has done some very, very awful things. Now, do I think the government's bad? No, but I think there's bad actors in it. I think there's a lot of people that are probably involved in it that shouldn't be in there. And then there might be dissenting views amongst listeners upon that. But that's how I feel. I'm a patriot at heart. I think you need a government, but I also think that you, they there needs to be some power checks in place. Um, but when it comes to the government issues, Operation Midnight Climax, they were drugging people to stir them up randomly without their permission, where you start going, okay, so there is, there is a history of this happening. Now, I always point to JFK as being the main kind of thing where they slipped up and it became aware to the public, where next thing you know, you start seeing more of these slip-ups start happening, like they got lazy in a sense. And I go, it was probably happening long before that. We just see that happen because it was right in our country. It was right here. But we've been probably doing way worse things overseas and all that type of stuff. Now, th that goes against the patriot side of me. But it goes into this aspect of there's a lot of things with power that come with power where you don't really necessarily understand that. It's also at times can be taken as you're being a bully and you use your power to a full extent, which I also find fascinating about the JFK assassination. So through your research of assassinations, where did you start finding the correlations of like, did any of them match? Did the JFK match the MLK? Did the RFK to any of these other ones? Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, in fact, you, <clears throat> you even find some of the same actors. Um, but you just raise a really good point, which is that um, you sort of smell the conspiracy on, on some of these, you know, it, whatever term you want to use. Um, if you want to look a, a long time ago, back in I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years ago, I wrote an article uh, called The Open Assassination of Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton was a leader with the Black Panthers. Uh, he became uh, the leader of the Chicago chapter when he was like 18 years old. And when he was 21, uh, the Chicago police uh, murdered him. And if you want to look at what an assassination looks like when there is no cover story, that is Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton, because he was Black and because he was a kid, they did not feel compelled to create any kind of coverage story. They just knocked him out with second all, uh, went to the house at 3 a.m. and shot everybody in the house. They just killed everyone. Um, so that's what it looks like when the state kills someone where there is no coverage story. Whereas in JFK and RFK and Dr. King, there's some kind of coverage story. In many cases, not very good ones, ones that fall apart. As long as you've got one, uh, you can sort of rely on that. And with the Kennedy assassination in particular, you'll notice that there have been various stories put out to explain. So like, even if you think that there's something hanky about the assassination itself, you could say, well, yeah, but the, the Russians did it, right? They trained this, this crazy kid 
Oswald. And uh, we can't let anybody know that because if we let them know, the American public is gonna demand a nuclear war with Russia. And this was something that was told to people at the time in November of, of uh, 63 to get them to cooperate. Um, and there's it, it, then the mafia, right? You say, well, maybe the mafia did it. Well, what they're doing is all of these stories is like, as you get more and more information and you find more and more things that are hanky, you can point in one direction or another, KGB, mafia, whatever. And there are so many breadcrumbs left over that if you want to write a book that says the mafia did it, and many people have, you can do that. You have to eliminate certain information. Uh, if you want to write a book that says the KGB did it, it's a little bit harder, but you can do it. You can, you can point to all the information about crazy kid Oswald and leave out everything else and don't, get, don't properly contextualize things. And then you can sell that to somebody. Um, and same thing with true, I would say, about Lyndon Johnson, because that's more of a, a more recent theory that Lyndon Johnson basically is the prime mover of the assassination. Um, whereas I have a problem with that because A, I don't think it's true. Like, I don't think the evidence points that way. And B, it doesn't properly contextualize everything else that's going on. You know, Lyndon Johnson didn't kill Martin Luther King. Lyndon Johnson didn't kill Malcolm X, right? The state does. The states are doing these assassinations. And the way you can look at it, this is the way I try to look at it, is as you mentioned, there have been past operations that greatly resemble these domestic operations. They've happened in other countries and everybody acknowledges this. So for example, take a look at Mohammed Mossadegh in Iran. In 53, uh, we overthrow Mossadegh. And the reasons for it are pretty interesting. Um, they have to do with England because England had something called the Anglo-Persian Oil Company that had had the oil rights for Iran going back to 1935, okay? Uh, after the war, however, England was bombed to dust almost, um, and they were not able to maintain a lot of the, they were the primary colonial power in that part of the world for a long time because of their Navy. Um, and after World War, II, World War II, they had to sort of pass the baton to us, to the United States, to say, we need help with these things. And one of those things ends up being Iran. And when uh, Ike was uh, the president, Winston Churchill uh, tried to sell Ike on overthrowing Mossadegh by saying that Mossadegh would, would eventually turn communist, which is crazy because Mossadegh hated the communists. <laughs> but Churchill said, well, yeah, but since we're not going to be cooperating, he's going to be forced essentially to go communist. So therefore, we, we need to get rid of him. Anyway, at a certain point, it becomes true. The guy who actually draws up the plans is Alan Dulles. Uh, Alan Dulles, very prominent, of course, in the uh, Kennedy assassination war. He's the guy who actually plans it. We take out Mossadegh, and it's uh, to protect oil interests. So everybody agrees that this happened historically. And this looks very much like the type of operation that goes on in the, in the United States on these domestic assassinations. In other words, there were, in, in Iran, there were, um, we got in touch with the Shah uh, to, to try and, and get the Shah to declare that Mossadegh was no good. That didn't work. He ended up having to flee to Italy. and all. It's, it's, it's complicated, but we had propaganda operations. We had wet work people. We had so all, all these things that we use in foreign locations, and of course, this is just one. This is just 53. 
I mean, Guatemala is the very next year, right? Um, if you start looking into all these things, the same operatives essentially that are putting this into place are the same people who are also putting in the Kennedy assassination. It runs through the government in the same way. Could you, um, well, I want to get to maybe a listing of some of those actors that were the people that also played hands in the other assassinations. But I always mention with Alan Dulles, and this kind of is my own inference, just because, you know, take from, I, I went to school for psychology. Um, I didn't go and like get a master's in it or anything. I just, I was very fascinated with how people's minds work. And I, I tend to maybe put a little inference of like, when I see Alan Dulles and he's in that interview in the JFK um, Oliver Stone film, and he's smoking a pipe and a guy asks him a question, have you ever done any violent actions in your life? And he takes a couple puffs and looks over at him and goes, no. And then you can even tell the interviewer was looking at him like, okay, yeah, like I don't believe you. And it's just that disregard where I take the correlation to that from when I hear comedians talk about doing radio shows. Now, when I hear them on radio shows, they sound like they're having a great time. But then in a podcast, they're talking about how they hate doing radio shows. It's a joke. It's a script. It's all these types of things. And I start going, what are you seeing up front and what can you kind of pick up notes of, whether it's bad intent or whether it's someone that just seems like they don't want to be here? And Alan Dulles, if I'm not mistaken, was fired by kennedy and then he was assigned to the assassination to the warren commission so you get into this aspect of like the fox investigating the chicken coop where you of course he's going to have want to have malicious intent against kennedy and if you have the guy that was fired by kennedy and was disliked by both if i believe jfk and rfk i think that's when rfk was assigned to be jfk's like aid in a sense they would talk to each other about plans and all these types of things so i'm not wrong in saying that while Kennedy was president? While Kennedy was president, yes. Yeah, our was attorney general. Yeah. So it gets to this aspect of like, is he going to be mad at the person that just fired him and now you're having him investigate the assassination of the man's death? Is he going to do a proper job about that? Now, Alan Dulles is the only example I have of someone like this. I'm sure there's other people. I've heard um, stories about Arlen Specter. I actually had a guest on the show talk about he used to be a, a busboy at a diner that Arlen Specter used to frequent. And he always thought it was weird how Arlen Specter would order a martini with three olives in like one of those little skewer things, but it had to be placed perfectly on top of the martini glass, had to be carried over with on one on one tray, just the martini on a giant tray, and it had to be carried over just to him and placed directly in front of him. Specific details where I go, this is a person where I start picking up notes of someone that likes feeling like they're powerful, feeling like they're in charge. Now, that obviously, these are my own inf inferences or whatever you want to say, but I think they can they hold a little bit of weight if you look at a lot of weird aspects where you see power-hungry dictators or kings, for instance, that necessarily like specific things or like certain ways and like being treated in a certain direction. I mean, none of that leads down a very, very good route. So I just go on the basis of that. Was there maybe some people would say conspiracy stuff? The only thing I don't really understand is when it comes to like the people that have this blind ignorance in believing the official report. Where I go, in any point in history, if we examine the magic bullet, for instance, 
did physics take a break when JFK was assassinated? Like, I don't get it. Like, we know in history that nothing has ever happened like that before. I think the rarest occurrence that's ever happened with a bullet was that one battle that happened where two bullets collided into each other. But there's been nothing where this perfectly informed bullet, this thing that looks exactly like it doesn't have a scratch on it, is able to do all this damage. And you start realizing that there was a lot of manipulation with Arlen Specter trying to make the magic bullet theory or raising the bullet wound from Kennedy's back, saying it hit him in the back of the throat or something like that like there's a lot of stuff Gerald Ford. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff there where there's documentation evidence that this was wrong and this would this should have been better investigated but it wasn't where you start realizing they did a very crappy job at investigating and then you start asking the question why would they do a crappy job or why would they do this and it was because they weren't really interested in finding the answer to it yeah i mean that's why the uh what is it? I think Jack Ruby's mother's dental reports are in the in the Warren Commission volumes. Wow. There's there's a lot of junk. There's a lot of junk in there. Um, the Carol Inspector story is is interesting. It's a novelistic touch to have him getting his uh, his single toothpick. Um, you know who would be able to verify that is Sarah Wecht. Um, if you ever talk to Doctor Wecht, you should ask him about that. Um, he would be able to tell you whether Earl Inspector took his martinis that way. That's really funny. Um, with Alan Dulles, so um, I, I don't know that you're going to be able to find the answers in personal psychology. I think that um, what historians have often done with topics that they don't really want to get into is they do provide psychological explanations for things. In fact, that's how they that's how they deal with conspiracy theories in general. They say, well, cons conspiracy theorists are these cynical people who have a deep set need to make sense of the world, and so they come up with these. Right? So they they psychoanalyze uh, rather than deal with the facts because it's easier to psychoanalyze instead of just dealing with what you've got in front of you. So with Alan Dulles, like just as an example, after World War II, you're familiar, I'm sure, with uh, Operation Paperclip where we are moving uh, Nazi scientists and historians in some cases into the United States and plugging them into all these various places. Um, the uh, uh, US Army Historical Division, uh, NASA, of course, you know, we got a bunch of big, you know, those, those are the guys who sent us to the moon, a bunch of Nazis. Um, and one of these folks is a guy named Reinhard Galen. I don't know if anybody's ever talked about Reinhard Galen on your show before, but uh, Galen was came into the United States and he was placed, basically he, he sells the United States on this thing. He's, he's like, look, uh, Galen was running the uh, spy operations against the Soviet Union for the Germans, okay? Galen says, I have all of these stayed behind guys. There's a bunch of guys, spies already put in. I have this whole network across the Soviet Union, and I can keep you guys with me in this information if you keep me alive and give me a nice house. And, everything else, nice and uh, so they did it. And, and Alan Dulles later said something to the effect of, you know, spying is a dirty business. And of course, we don't have to bring him to the club. Yeah. So Alan Dulles is a pragmatist. So the, there are certain ways that you get information, do things, but 
Gulls has no compunction about using anybody, including a Nazi. And Reinhard Galen becomes, I, I have argued in the past, one of the most important people in the, the ensuing Cold War, because it's Galen's group that is providing all these information, all this information that the Soviets have X number of planes and X number of missiles, which we find out 40 years later was all BS. They were just making things up and so that we can fuel this Cold War. We, we got to have more missiles than the Russian. Um, so in, 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 he's a very important factor. A, a Nazi is a very important factor in creating our whole Cold War with Russia that comes afterwards. Um, you have to look at stuff like that to make sense of what our foreign policy is and, of course, ultimately what our domestic policy is. How much would you base a lot of um, decisions that you could say like this person was a bad person or a good person? Would you just base it on the way that their brain thinks based on their morals? Like when I hear like Eisenhower and talk about how like he wished that Kennedy would have never like backed down off the Russians or he was kind of pushing towards more of like this aspect of invading the Russians or some it's either that or the Bay of Pigs that I'm getting confused. But there was a part of it where he was talking about he didn't really want war. He more wanted to muscle down um, the Russians by going in there from what I've heard. It sounds like you're probably talking about Curtis LeMay. Uh, from the Pentagon, Curtis LeMay did want to go to war with Russia. And his reasoning was that it is inevitable that we are going to go to war with Russia. Like it, it's going to happen. And we should go to war right now because we have numerical superiority. And if you say, look, Curtis, you made numerical superiority like we can destroy the world 56 times and the russians can only destroy it 33 times what the hell does that even mean numerical superiority when you're talking about nuclear war but you got to understand this is where he's coming from that's his training his focus he wants to win and <laughs> he wants to win now and in fact there were people who wanted to uh right after world war ii bomb the russians and there were people who suggested that we should allow to extend the war so that the Germans and Russians could kill more of each other. Harry Truman suggested that, thought that was a good idea. Um, if you, they, there, was a, there was an understanding that after World War II is over, that our enemy is going to be the communists. So, and we have to keep the communist world in check. And this was thought of immediately. And in fact, we are in Greece in 47, messing with the elections because we have this idea that we have to keep the communists away from everything. The communists are the new boogeyman. It's kind of like um, what people bring up about with Kennedy, for instance, after his assassination, it seemed like a lot of people were more than easy to jump on the smoking gun of attacking the Russians. Um, you know, just because it was distorted that way. I, I think that media has a big problem there. I mean, there were so many aspects of media, and this is probably the one thing I disagree with Oliver Stone in, where he goes, why would the media just ne neglect this is because they were scared? I go, no, it's because they were working. I mean, they had so much, you get more upsides agreeing with the narrative than you do with downsides of it, you know? And I think 
that needs to be talked about. I mean, if you look at anything that's been publicized or won an award about JFK happens to be the things that follow the basic report that are is already established things you can type in on Wikipedia that he was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald. But if you dig deeper than that, and it doesn't take much, and it's not even that's I don't consider that conspiracy. I just call that critical thinking or making sure you got all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted. And you look and you see that there's documentation and there's plenty of evidence to prove that there was a conspiracy here. And the conspiracy was that they did plot to kill the president and they did kill the president. And I think it gets lost. And another aspect I took about this whole JFK research I've been doing is Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean, it's like the pains, for instance, the pains, like they, their whole story is like, oh, we got lumped in with this conspiracy and now our family can never get to rest. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But you link it to this aspect of like, did you have CIA connections? Like you start getting boiling down to the thing of like, maybe there is a reason that you should be investigated into, but they kind of tackle it from the victim angle and they say that they're the victims. And I go, yeah, but you know who is a victim? If this is true, that there is a conspiracy and Lee Harvey Oswald didn't kill the president is that you've just slandered a man in history to be the assassination person of a president. And you've uh, literally marked his name in history as this thing, which I think should be cleared. But also the guy was 24. You're telling me a 24 year old slipped and killed the president and got away with it. Or, I mean, he didn't get away with it. I mean, he was caught, but I mean, all this stuff where it's very, very complicated and very, very sophisticated measures and planning to make this narrative fit that a one person who's 24 years, I'm 24. There's no fucking way. I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff <laughs> where I'm over here. Like I just, a lot of this isn't adding up and it seems like you actually have to draw more lines to make it add up where I'm like, isn't the more simple excuse, the one that would be the less flow of traffic. Like, it seems like they wanted this narrative to be the one that was the easiest solution. But when I was talking to Paul about the assassination, um, he was mentioning a lot of chokeholds in the plans. And I go, I don't think those are chokeholds. What I think they are is they're alternative gateways out of this thing. Like you literally have one race, but you have a hundred runners. One person's coming in first, but you don't know who that first person's going to be. So the narrative we have is the one that came to the conclusion. So they tried to make that one fit, but everything from, uh, you know, all these setups from this investigation of seeing him overseas or him being a Russian, uh, Russian lover or being a Cuban person, all these types of names that they call them. They were ways to be like, oh, well, it's the Cubans or it was the Russians or it's ways to deflect from yourself and point blame at someone. So everyone focuses on that problem, because right now you have just if we take it back to 1963, the country wants an enemy. People want an enemy. They want someone who's going to pay the price. Now, if you tell them the Russians killed your president and you show all evidence to say that this is 100% our definitive conclusion, then everyone's going to support you in invading Russia. So, I mean, that's not conspiratorial. That's just good fucking planning. Like, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but I think we put a lot of our own personal experiences into this type of thing. And I think you got to look at it from a business aspect. And if you're thinking the best type of business is being the top dog in a fight that you don't, that the other person doesn't know they're in, then this is how you go. Yeah. And, and uh, that's, I think you're, you're really onto a good way of thinking about it. It's, in other words, you don't think about it in terms of personalities. You think about it the way that they would think about it, which is in terms of a chess board or a business and like we have to make certain moves because there's certain moves being made against us and this is how we're going to handle that and everybody has all these different ideas 
And a lot of the way that, that uh, I think the United States looks at things from the intelligence aspect comes from Great Britain because Great, Great Britain was in charge for so long, for several hundred years. Um, and in fact, we get our charter, the CIA's charter comes from Ian Fleming, who was the guy who wrote the James Bond novels. Uh, the original reports, like 72 pages, I think it was, was comes from Ian Fleming and it was adapted from that and he got a special award for that, a, a little pistol. Um, and to that extent, I think we are, we are trying to duplicate that colonial model. And that's what Kennedy is moving up against. And I think the real, uh, the genius of, of Oliver Stone's new film and of all of uh, Jim Diogenio's work in the last 10 or 12 years has been in identifying that Kennedy had these ideas before he ever went into office. Um, I don't, you know, he, I don't think there's any other uh, person who would have put Richard Mahoney in a Kennedy documentary and all of the professors that, that Jim got uh, to get into to Oliver's doc um, because he is saying, seeing that Kennedy is making speeches arguing that countries have the right to self-determination like 10, 12 years before he was ever in office. Uh, that's remarkable. And that shows you that when Kennedy's going in, the plan is not to just simply continue with the program. And when the Bay of Pigs incident happens, this basically tells all those people that he's working with that we can't work with this guy anymore, right? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't support the invasion. We needed the invasion. It's what Curtis LeMay wanted, it's what a lot of people wanted. We wanted to invade Cuba and it didn't happen. And at that point, it's like, you know, and then what happens when he gets reelected and so on and so forth. There's a, in the original, um, the film executive action, uh, there's this really good scene where they're talking about the Kennedy legacy and they're pitching it to this guy who's a, like a right winger. And uh, they're saying, look, you know, he gets reelected uh, in 64. And then in 68, we got Bobby. And then, you know, 76, you got Teddy. And we're just going to be up to our ears in Kennedy's for the next 20 years if we don't do something now. You know, and I think there's, that's, there's something to that idea that, that, was, that, was part of the, that was part of the deal. That you cannot, the system, and, it, and if you look at the president since Kennedy, right, we've never had anybody elected that goes against the system in that way. Our foreign policy barely changes. I mean, the guy who had the most different foreign policy was actually Donald Trump, who, while a horrific character, uh, did not get into war because he wanted to protect his own business interests, which is, you know, obviously not the right way to make decisions, but it meant that we weren't in any wars. Like Barack Obama bombed a whole, Barack Obama started bombing Pakistan before he was even in office, okay? So when you're talking about like Democrats and Republicans and all that kind of stuff, it really doesn't matter that much because the guys that get elected make certain decisions all the time and this is continuous and you can see this in a continuous road since john f kennedy 
Well, it's what I've always talked about by like a, an Illuminati. I was like, it's just a bunch of people that found a way to work the system. I was like, I don't picture it being like the movies with black cloaks. I go, but every time you watch the president go up and people are like, how come they're not fulfilling their promises? I go, probably because they don't have the power to. I think they have ways to make change that can affect some very visual stuff. But when it comes to the inner workings of how everything's been running, this is a system that's been set in place for a very, very long time. And I think in 1963, you saw that. I think you saw a great aspect of it. Now, I always call it the Illuminati. There's probably a better way to say it, which is like the Central Intelligence Agency or whatever you want to say, the defense, whatever. There's so many names for deep state, basically. But I think the best thing to make sure that people don't ever question it is the fact if you label it into this conspiracy territory where I think um, Cyril Recht has the best um, example or best saying of this where he goes, it doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat or whatever. This is your president and your president just got shot. And I go, that's exactly how I'm looking at this. This isn't anything more than that. You, when I say don't put the politics into it, I think it really falls on different sides. There's certain trigger words that people hear that trigger them thinking, oh, this is a Democrat or oh, this is a Republican. They walk away. I go, hang on a second. You're losing the original message. It's like when I dived into the JFK topic, I never thought about Oswald was 24. Like what? And then you start realizing like there was a lot of military stuff that that isn't disclosed. And you start realizing that they had profiles on this guy for weeks or years before the assassination attempt where you start going, you got to put these together. And then people go, well, that's conspiracy. Go, That's what they did. The media, I think when it goes back to the media playing a part in this. They had a giant role in maybe coming up with an actual answer when this happened, and they didn't. There were questions I feel like, yeah, it might be Monday quarterbacking saying there's questions that should have been asked. But there was a lot of just nodding your head and agreeing with the official story, even documented reports and letters saying we're not going to go against the official report of the Warren Commission. I mean, you start going like, does that sound like our media today? I mean, maybe there's more scrutiny on the government, sure, but there's a lot of things not being talked about a million people from the ages of 19 to 49 in the past year have died from opioid addiction and we're not seeing one talk about that being on the television you think it's not incentivized by some pharmaceutical company or something of that sort pandemic aside you start realizing that the power and propaganda the power in making your enemy this giant inflated doom scenario that's going to take away your family and children there's a lot of power in that and what really happens is is when you realize that your media and your government have found the perfect dance to basically do whatever they want and get away with it without you ever raising a question and when you say that people go that's conspiratorial you can only label so many things conspiratorial before that word turns into something that means nothing anymore and i think you really have to examine what's facts i like the facts let's talk about the facts just make critical decisions. I'm not sitting here saying you need to go attack your government at all. But I'm saying if you can't question these things and you tell me I'm an idiot for questioning them, then you truly don't see me as your equal. And that's when we have a problem. When you start thinking that you're better than people, you're no better than the people that thought they had more power enough to kill the president. I'm just saying you lead down these dark routes. They don't start at level 10. They lead there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I would say that the, what what you're talking about and what this is all exposing is that conspiracy theory is not a very well-defined 
concept. And that's been my way of attacking it for years, which is conspiracy theory is basically uh, analysis of the state that the state doesn't like. And that's what it boils down to. Because if you reason conspiratorially in other contexts, nobody cares, nobody minds. If I want to write a story tomorrow that says that during his rise to power, Vladimir Putin murdered six journalists, right? And I sent it to the New York Times. The New York Times is not going to say, we don't want to print this because it's conspiracy theory, right? They're going to run it or not run it based on its own merits, but they're not going to reject it because it's conspiracy theory. So because Vladimir Putin is the bad guy. So therefore we can say anything we want about him. We can also, and I've pointed this out in I think dissenting views too, that you can reason conspiratorially about sports. If you are talking about Michael Jordan and you say, oh yeah, you know, the real reason he had to play baseball is because of gambling debts or because of, you know, one thing or another, uh, that's fine. Everybody goes, okay. Or that, Pat, you know, Patrick Ewing was uh, selected number one during the year that the Knicks had the first pick, you know, because it was a frozen envelope. And there's people who write about this and you can get on TV and you can talk about it if you want to and nobody cares. So, and they don't say again that that's a conspiracy theory. They're just, you know, it's just based on whatever the information is. So when you see the term conspiracy theory, and of course, as everybody knows, the CIA more or less invented the modern context for using that phrase. Um, what you're really just saying is, you know, boo on that idea because that idea leads to, uh, you know, that the United States did something bad. And what I find hilarious is that this also causes doublethink. And sometimes it gets revealed in, in sort of blackly humorous ways. Um, my favorite example of which is that about, oh my God, it's almost been 20 years. Like in 2003, I think, Colin Powell, who was then Secretary of State for George W., was answering questions about various things. And uh, some reporter uh, asked, you know, does you know if the United States, this is the 30th anniversary of the, uh, the uh, uh, overthrow of Salvador Allende in Chile. And uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? And Colin Powell said, you know, we regret, of course, our involvement in this. And he apologizes. This is a problem <laughs> because the State Department has never officially said that we were involved in Salvador's again uh, uh, overthrow. I mean, of course, we were. Um, you know, Henry Kistner has some very famous uh, uh, yeah, messages that he wrote about, you know, make the economy scream and all this stuff. Um, so, but Colin Powell, the military guy, he knows, of course, that the United States was involved in overthrowing Allende in Chile, and he just starts talking off the cuff without thinking. And then a few hours later, the State Department says, uh, we have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, we weren't involved in any of that stuff. You know, so it's, I, I find that funny, that obviously there are facts that people know, and serious people, like somebody like Colin Powell, that he knows, and he just spoke out of turn because he wasn't thinking that, oh yeah, I'm spilling the beans here about the ending. Yeah. Do you think that race plays an issue in a lot of like this conspiratorial talk, especially in today's society? Like, I'm not saying like the reasons why people might get like assassinated or anything, but what I'm bringing to is when I say that the president was killed by the government, or when I say that MK Ultra and all that exists, that gets labeled conspiratorial. But you know what they don't question is Tuskegee syphilis experiments. They don't question that the government has done wrong actions before, but it seems like it's always with the race issue. If you say the FBI killed Martin Luther King Jr., they will 100% not say a damn word about that happening. They will be like, 
okay. And they'll either slide on or swipe through. They won't, they won't even comment. But if you say that the government killed JFK, mm. you'll get some questions. I, I could tell you, yeah, I hundred percent for a fact. There, there are, there are leftists, uh, like for example, Noam Chomsky says that there was a conspiracy in the assassination of Dr. King. And he famously uh, does not say that there's a conspiracy in, in Kennedy. And in fact, he hates the Kennedy conspiracy stuff. He says it ruined the left. He's made all kinds of bizarre statements. Uh, but he likes them okay. So he says, okay, yeah, the government killed him, okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting I, I thought, so. though, right? It's an interesting thought. Um, I mean, so so that because uh, because of the that the legacy of racism is more accepted, that therefore the media can talk about that more more openly. I mean, I, I guess. I, I, I although you it, still don't have a lot of people acknowledging the murder of all the Black Panthers that were murdered and imprisoned over the years. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not I, sure. About I that. wouldn't say the media, I would say more on the lines of just common people. Like you see a lot more, like if, if I was going to post in a, a JFK forum, um, if I was going to post something about Martin Luther King, there'd be nobody that would comment a word, even if they were maybe didn't agree, they wouldn't say a word. They wouldn't be vocal. They wouldn't put out any anti-hatred because of the fear of like looking like a racist. But if you say anything about the JFK thing, there immediately you have billions of comments of people saying, this is crazy. This is whack job talk and you start getting into this aspect of like we know the government does bad things but if i say mk ultra a real thing that did happen if i say operation midnight climax um, operation midnight climax a real thing that happened watergate scandal a real thing that happened people will say those are that's conspiratorial talk i don't believe that and it's like there's documentation to prove it but instead of them going and looking it up they're more than happy saying conspiracy but if you say anything about like mlk assassination by the fbi if you say tuskegee experiments they're like oh yeah that was horrible that was a terrible thing it did it's like you the same documentation on that is the same as documentation we have on this. Like you can't just choose. And the one thing I could find it to is like the, I, I, a race thing. I have no clue. I'm not saying that there's like this recognition, but I think uh, the way society has gone as of like the past 10, 15, 20 years with recognizing there's been superior or minorities or these things that have been happening that have been neglected for the longest time that we need to make up for. I think like even combating that narrative or having a viewpoint you wouldn't be vocal about it. And I think, I don't know. I just, that was an interesting thought to me, which I was coming across. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to say, I mean, I, I kind of, kind of get, I think I get what you're saying. Um, but I would, I, I don't know if people are necessarily that much more receptive to the idea of Dr. King being assassinated than say, you know, Bobby Kennedy or somebody. Um, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe because there's an acceptance of, uh, people have more uh, direct experience, for example, uh, the police uh, executing black men across the country and then subsequently investigating themselves and declaring themselves innocent uh, over and over again. Um, so maybe that feeds into this idea that, oh, yeah, maybe maybe this really did happen. I, I'm, that's possible. I also think it's um, it's a topic that a lot of people just don't even want to dive into. It's kind of like the JFK thing. If you're not of an older generation, you're not going to dive into the topic. But even with MLK or anything that kind of links in with race, for instance, there's a lot of people that just don't even want to say anything about it because, I mean, I, I, I'd i never even really talked about it before because it was always like this like guilt thing. It felt like, 
you know, whenever you would talk about the topic, I think you're the first person that's actually like leveled with me with it. Just kind of like, just, we had this conversation about it, but usually I start talking about this to go, and then this happened and this happened. And it's like yelling at me. I'm like, Oh, I wasn't the one that did it. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> that's funny. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable talking about anything. Um, I, I just want to make sure that I, I understood what you were saying. Um, I have, it's not something that I've given a lot of thought to in terms of how the media looks at this stuff, but as far as regular folks, um, yeah, I could kind of see that. Now, if you are in a barbershop somewhere, uh, you will find that folks, uh, accept the assassination of Dr. King and they accept the assassination of body of, uh, well, it, the Kennedys in general, um, you'll find that to be true. And of course there are certain, uh, books that are very, very popular, like in the black community, um, you'll find the book, um, ah, what the hell is it called? Uh, Bill Cooper. You'll find Bill Cooper's book cited a lot. Uh, Behold the Pale Horse, um, which is a wild conspiracy book and not one that I would recommend. Um, but there is more acceptance of that, yeah. And I think in general, like if you are, uh, if you feel like you're being targeted by institutional authority all the time, then it sort of makes sense that institutional authority is affecting other people too, to the, to the extent of imprisoning and killing people. Because we know they're, they are doing that to ordinary folks every day. I mean, government, any government is, is inherently a violent institution. And it's just a matter of where that violence is directed toward. Um, do you think, because it leads to a bigger question, do you think that that, that tide is going to end up shifting to actually people being more vocal about their opinions like it seems like with the jfk assassination for instance a lot of people were behind closed doors saying i don't think it was a lone gunman um and you know very very vocal about this aspect that there seems to be a conspiracy involved now we have those quotes and we have those people that said those things but there was never an official media documentation or an overall statement like yeah we killed the president i think the only thing you can really find about jfk or an opening statement that was televised was oliver stone when he uh the court uh, got those documents released about the JFK files that they were going to start releasing. Um, that is something I, everyone saw, but I don't know. I mean, you figured that I didn't think people were really watching news anymore, but apparently they are because whatever official story gets reported on there is what they typically go by. I'm not saying everyone, but it seems like for a lot of people that at least I run into, because I didn't know how big the JFK topic was so divisive and so you know specific on certain things that are right and certain things that are wrong where it's like hold on if we can find and you wrote about this as well too if we can find common ground on these things then we should be able to continue the conversation it shouldn't just end if i said one thing that like manchurian candidates somebody into fucking you know driving off a cliff or something like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no that's it, that's that's that was the theory um in practice it is very hard to get people together and if you are familiar with academia um, it's basically the same thing because in, in academia, what tends to happen is if you get tenure, uh, you become the expert in this one thing. This is what I do. Okay. So, uh, like my dad was, uh, a history professor and very specifically a professor of, of, um, Mexican history and of a specific, uh, decade that was really, his first book was all about one decade in the political history of of uh, Mexico. 
And the same thing happens in, in our thing, uh, which is that somebody becomes the expert on uh, the medical evidence or, or even worse, somebody becomes the sole proponent of like prayer man, like very, very esoteric specific things and then cause fights with other people because they may or may not be committed to your specific theory about this one image. Um, that's where I think the problems come from. And you get these people who are just like, so focused on this one damn thing. It doesn't matter. Like in the larger context, I mean, you know, it's like how many ways did Lee Harvey Oswald not shoot president? Well, you know, a hundred. I said, no, it's 132. Well, what difference does it make? He didn't shoot the president. So whatever it is that we are talking about, we can at least start from that. Uh, but it is, you know, I think I reported it in the article that you're talking about when we were, I was literally having this conversation and then the guy next to me said, well, no, I think Oswald actually did do it. You know, I was like, okay, all right. You know, and so it's always like, there's always, there's always somebody with something that's going to be throwing something into the, into the, uh, into the work in the works yeah because I'm, I'm when i'm researching it and i'm like you know at work and i'm looking through like some stuff online because you have computer i have a computer in front of me i'm looking at some stuff online and i go they go what are you doing i'm like i'm looking at the jfk assassination thing trying to like figure it out through all these documents that were released in 2021 just looking at some stuff seeing if there's anything new and um people would either walk away or i had someone go i used to stock pepsis in the book suppository building and I go, oh, really? They go, just go there and you'll realize one man could easily make that shot. And I'm like, how do you know? They're like, <laughs> they're like, they're like, any name the number of shots. There was three shots. He named like the specific thing that was told. And I go, and how do you know this? He goes, trust me, just go there. I'm like, there's no evidence in that. I can't, what do you mean? Just go there and feel the environment. But I mean, I get it. I understand. I mean, honestly, I think there's a giant, um, kind of tear apart in a lot of people to really want to deny the fact that their government did do something like this. I mean, I understand it. I would be safer knowing that. The one thing that honestly I can understand when I say trust the people that I've talked to is that not only do I talk to you for an hour, it's not like 30 minutes, it's it's longer, which is why I didn't have Wecht on the show. He can only do 30 minutes. I was like, I need to talk. This is a bigger topic. I need to go longer. It's the only way to really sort out, you know, the information. And um, I, I, it's it's something where you have so many people, experts, Gary Aguilar, David Mancic, that are coming out there, and they don't ha they're they have everything to lose. They don't have anything to gain from that. They don't have anything to gain if there's a a type of thing. It would be much safer to think that no, this didn't happen. And it was one person that shot the president. But then there's also like it's just it's very hard. I'm coming to grips with a lot of different influences and a lot of people with different opinions, which is like when when I invited you on the show, like I, there's specific things I wanted to talk about more, like your angle and kind of get your perspective on things too. But it's a conversation about the topic because there is so much to cover. And that's like the fact that more time keeps going on, maybe the unreleased documents. I mean, do you, what do you speculate could be held in those? Like for me, I just think it's probably specific names. Um, yeah. And of course, in Lee Harvey's tax records, right? We want to look at those. Um, it's, it's more the point that they, they haven't, I mean, <laughs> how much how much bs is in the archives like what is in there that, like you said dental records about jack ruby's mother before so is that is like there's other stuff like that in there 
Yes, there's tons. Yeah, the, the Warren Commission, I mean, the, the crazy thing is the 26 volumes didn't have an index at all. So you'll go from Lee Harvey's, I mean, uh, uh, Jack, I think I want to say maybe it was Lee Harvey's, no, I think it was Jack Ruby's mother's death work. Anyway, some, something that is clearly doesn't pertain to anything. Um, you'll have that and then you'll have an interview with the witness and then you'll, it'll go to something totally, it's like it's a mess. And uh, the person who created an index for it was actually Sylvia Marsh. She was one of the very first uh, Warren Commission critics, but it was up to an ordinary person on the street to design an index for it because the government didn't do it. They released it 26 and they did it on purpose. And in fact, uh, Dulles said that that's what they did. He said, you know, the American people don't read. Uh, and so they just, you know, put it all out there, it's fine. But yeah, I don't expect really there to be any bombshells in any new documents that are, are released now. I mean, how incompetent is our government if after 55 years or whatever it's been that they can't you know, fix these documents? Um, so my assumption is, is yeah, that, that, uh, that it'll, all, uh, it, it'll all come out in Washington. There won't be a whole lot that'll be in there. Um, now, having said that, uh, the ARRB did generate a ton of information and it created a whole bunch of, of terrific books that were written based on that information. So it's not like these things can't have some interesting things in them, uh, but there's unlikely to be a uh, smoking gun document in those. Did So out of all the ideas like magic bullet, lone gunman, all these grassy you know, all these types of things, which, which is one that you just didn't probably agree with where maybe a lot of people did, a lot of people did agree with, at least the people that I've talked to, I'm not going to name specific names, but like, do you believe that there was someone on the grassy you knoll that fired another shot? Cause I haven't really talked about the grassy knoll a lot. I know that some people ran to the book suppository building and some people ran to the grassy knoll thinking there was a shot there. I know fucking Woody Harrelson's dad gets a attached to the grass you know i don't know why i don't i don't believe that one but i i, I do look at with the grassy you know maybe it was someone that was there that was firing a shot but i i do mention this and i think it's very very crucial i mentioned this before about the zapruder film about kennedy waving and you look and it looks like he makes eye contact with someone who's filming now i made a mistake that's not the zapruder film but you have to give me a break because i'm 24 looking back at something that happened in 1963 but it's 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 a more colorized version of just his motorcade route and he's waving at people and as he turns he sees someone and his hand stops waving and he goes like this like a face of like what like like trying to figure out what is going on over there and i think he was probably had it in his head that someone was going to assassinate him like he's been it been attempted on him twice before so you get into this aspect of like if you have someone with a giant bulky camera or something like that you don't know what that is especially if you have you need glasses or something where you just see this person's face just drop like oh is this person going to shoot me maybe it, it didn't happen there maybe it was later but i'm saying like Obviously, he was aware that something was going to happen. And then if you take Abraham Bolden's account of the Secret Service members talking about assassinating the president on top of a building with a rifle, then it would make sense why he wouldn't have his servicemen near him. I don't trust my service people, but people go, well, Kennedy really never felt like he needed protection. I go, no, I just don't think he trusted the people that were guarding him. Well, okay, so there's been a lot of... Um of stuff written about Kennedy's relationship with the uh, Secret Service. And he did not control his protection. 
that's a that is a secret service thing and the guy to really talk to me if you want to talk about secret service you, you got to talk to vince palmer uh i i literally said it vince I was is like, the yeah, expert vince. yeah vince yeah 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 if you haven't talked to vince you should talk to vince uh he's the expert on all this stuff he has relationships with all these guys he knows them. um but I, I think it's this is a good area to talk about disagreement because it's not so much disagreement, but I have like refused. So here's the thing. I don't like doing photo analysis very much. And I don't like doing video analysis. In other words, looking at a video and trying to, okay, does this mean this? Or does this mean this or a photo? Because, you know, like photos, like this guy kind of looks like Oswald. Well, maybe it's not Oswald. Maybe it's somebody else. And this looks kind of like, like you, those are totally unresolvable questions. When you're just looking at, I'm not a photo expert. I'm not a video expert. I mean, I take photos, I've made films, but that doesn't make me an expert in visual acuity. So the answer is always like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it looks that way to me. I didn't get involved in any of the uh, the alteration stuff. I think in that essay you cite, I kind of like said, hey, I, I, got no, I got no idea. Now, um, I did go to the Wilkinson's house and looked at the 4K scans that they had and I mean, you look at it in this huge blow up and there's this weird black square on the president's head and you go, okay, that, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at, but that does look like it was altered. So I, I'm, I've been agnostic on that for a long time. And then after seeing that, I said, well, maybe, maybe there is something to it, but it's not something I'm going to write about because I'm not an expert in that field. I don't, I don't know. So I try to take myself out of that kind of stuff. Like, I know I'm not good at that. Um, what I can do, though, like in a lot of my work, is look at how systems operate, how institutions operate, how they've operated in the past, and then show the parallels that we've done in foreign countries to coming down in, 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 in domestic assassinations. Because, no, we don't disagree that, you know, the CIA killed Che Guevara, right? What we disagree on is that the CIA killed John Kennedy. And I'm saying, no, I mean, it's pretty much the same systems that do both things and for similar reasons, actually, when you get down to it. Well, you're, you're looking at it from more of a historical aspect of like, you can obviously see correlations. Yes. And from a higher distance. So I don't do a lot of like, uh, like bullets on the grassy knoll and stuff like that. I mean, it seems to me that there should, there had to be in the, a shop in the front. Grassy knoll is a reasonable option. Uh, my mentor, John Judge used to, uh, because his mentor, Penn Jones, had always said that there was a sewer shot and used to give tours back when you could do that in Dealey Plaza, uh, go under the sewer to see where you could stick a gun at. I mean, I think that's extremely unlikely. Mm -hmm. uh, but if it happens to be, a, there is a sewer shot, then that's fine. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't have anything invested in that. I don't have anything invested in the big. My main concern is that a president was murdered and it was clearly done by our government. So whatever you want to call and like, you know, John Newman stuff lately um, is he seems to be trying to prove that the uh, Army CIC, I don't know, maybe that's wrong, is doing it. It's not really the CIA. I mean, OK, <laughs> I mean, what what branch of government was specifically doing the assassinating is of some interest. But the main historical point is that the king is dead and his court killed the king, okay? I think that's the, 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 the takeaway. Um, and by the way, we did this to other people too. 
do you find that when people say, okay, if Lee Harvey Oswald didn't kill the president, then who did? And it's kind of like their way of like trying to stump you of like questioning yourself. And I go, well, nobody, either they have the answer and they haven't told anybody or like, I know some people like to skepticize and I go, I just don't think that they were really looking for anybody else. I think if they do know who it was, they didn't care. They wanted that guy away as fast as possible. But I mean, if, if you see Oswald and you're already, there is so much evidence of saying that he was already their focus point. Like he was their target that his, as soon as they saw him, it was just arrest him on site. That's the, that's the person we're going to pin this on. So you, you look from that, it goes, that person could still could have hidden a box up on the book suppository building for 10 days and could still be there. I have no clue, but you got to look at an aspect of like, they didn't, they weren't looking for anybody else. That's the question aspect is like, when I said, why Oswald, I had to look into his life. I'm like, why would they just randomly pick a guy who was just handing out pamphlets about Cuba? And you start realizing this thing of like, no, there was military links. There was this person that had central intelligence. Now I do have a hypothetical when it links into like the way that there's all these imposters and things I go, I read an old MK ultra experiment about a person that was locked in a room and they would hand them like these lunch trays, but they would change out the person. Like these people would have the, the, the person handing the person that's in the thing, a lunch tray would have the same hairstyle, same clothing style, like same, like nurse outfit, whatever, but have same height, same body style, but they would have different faces, but they would have facial hair to cover up most of their face. So the person really never looked into the person's eyes would just see their kind of figure and this type of thing. So he just assumed it was the same person that from day one was handing them the food. And I go, imagine how many people, my, my idea was how many people had hairstyles like that back in the day? How many people had outfits like that back in the day? How many people weighed that much back in the day? Probably a lot, but I go, imagine if you could set up ways to make your plan have alternate routes in case one does fail you have another one to go out to and that's get a bunch of people that look like oswald or have the same profile as oswald much like the profiles of the other shooters resembled the same profile as oswald and just set them out in the blocks go to a diner say you're lee harvey oswald order a coffee i don't care just get out of my sight those types of situations i mean there's accounts of that happening in other capacities to think that you do something effectively once does anybody just stop no, you find better new methods to perfect your method. That's not conspiracy. That's just fucking logic. Well, there's, uh, do you know the Thomas Arthur Valley story? Um, the Chicago plot. So uh, look this up because it's uh, it's available. Is that the PDF. first attempt? Well, we don't know, but it, it's an alternate attempt. So there was there was apparently uh, through Joseph Miltier. Uh, a plan to kill President Kennedy in Florida. And then there was also one in Chicago that a great journalist named Edwin Black wrote about, which Edwin Black has written a bunch of great books. He wrote the IBM and the Holocaust. He's, he's brilliant. And he did this uh, long, long form article about Thomas Arthur Valley, who was a guy who was looked like, he's a, like a Lee Harvey Oswald. He's being set up to kill the president when the president is in Chicago. Uh, and Abraham Bolden is another one. I'm really glad you mentioned Bolden who just got pardoned uh, by uh, Joe Biden. You know, all blessings to, uh, to Abraham Bolden, uh, lovely man, terrific guy. And I'm so happy that that happened for him because uh, he deserves it. Uh, people should look into Abraham Bolden's, his book is called The Echo of Dealey Plaza, terrific book. 
uh, definitely should look at that. But yeah, look up Edward Black's uh, The Chicago Plot, I think is what it's called. And uh, it's absolutely brilliant and it's absolutely verified. And it was a plan to kill the president before Dallas. Absolutely incredible. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Because I, I mean, I know that whole what I just said a minute ago about like imposters and dressing people up like that. I'm like, I mean, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But I think that's because there's never really been reports besides like old documents that nobody really pays attention to unless you're actually looking into this. Like I didn't know about those until I started researching into MK Ultra and I came across those documents. But is the average person looking up MK Ultra? I mean, there's a lot of things where it's like. If you state the evidence, if you state these types of things, people just call it out without looking actually into it and trying to dig deeper on it. Like there's plenty of things I think. Um, I mean, I tried to understand the magic bullet. I really can't um, just because it just doesn't make sense to me. And I, I would see a lot more of a ploy to try and make that fit rather than understand what really happened about it. But I have I have just I, I got to ask Grassy Knoll, where do you side on that? Do you think there's a shooter on it? Um, yeah, I do. Um, actually, for much the same reason, Robert McNeil, uh, this may be, this probably this is before your time. McNeil Lair Report was a news show. I think I think they used to show it on PBS. Anyway, it ran for years and decades. And Robert McNeil, very famous reporter, was on the grassy knoll. Was there when this happened, and he saw everybody running towards the grassy knoll, and he said why would everybody run to the grassy knoll if there wasn't anything going on? And he said, including the police. So if there were shots fired, you think police are trained to know where those shots are coming from. They're running in the direction of where they hear the shots, which seems very reasonable to me. And we know there's a shot in the front. So, yeah. But I don't, again, that is not something I spend a lot of time worrying about. I don't, I don't worry about like how many shooters were, how many bullets, you know, was it Lucien Sardi? Like, you know, there's a whole French connection thing. I, I don't think it matters. I, I don't think any of that stuff matters. Um, it's of some, you know, historical interest, but as far as solving the crime, we're not gonna solve the crime that way. Uh, in fact, this was, uh, I don't know if you know the name of Vincent Slandria, but uh, Vincent Slandria was a lawyer in Philadelphia, brilliant man, lovely man. Um, who died just uh, gosh, about a year and a half ago now. If, um, yeah, I think it was. Uh, man. Anyway, uh, I've tried to reach out to some of these people to do the show, and then I'm like looking, and as soon as I see their Wikipedia say was, I was like, they're no longer with us. Vince Vince did not do a whole lot of these these shows, but um, but he knew right away. He was like instantly, like this is Hanky. And by the time Ruby shoots Oswald, uh, the next day he's on the case. So he was like working on it literally from day one. And he wrote a book called False Mystery. And the premise of that book, um, along with uh, uh, Marty Schatz who wrote uh, History Will Not Resolve Us, uh, that, that the whole thing is a false mystery. That it's extremely obvious that the government killed uh, uh, the president and then later arranged for Oswald to be killed. Um, and it all of this other stuff, these, these the, the clue game, the, you know, so-and-so did it with a candlestick in a conservatory, like that kind of stuff is all a bunch of junk. And it's to distract you from the fact that the government killed the president yeah. so that you won't ask why that happened. And I think that's absolutely correct. And actually, if you want to see Vincent uh, Slavery, uh, especially because you were talking about the pains earlier, there's a new film 
called The Assassination in Mrs. Payne. Uh, it's by a filmmaker named Maxie Good, who's a, a really good egg. And uh, he made a terrific movie, a uh, documentary. It's, he got the cooperation of Ruth Payne all throughout that documentary. And also of Vincent Salandry. Vince did not do a whole lot of these kinds of things. Uh, did say yes to Max. Um, and what's great about it, I love the fact that it's coming out now. It's, it's doing, a, he's sort of touring the country with it at all these little uh, indie places. In fact, it's starting to win some awards. But what's great about it is it fits right into Oliver's doc. Like all this, the stuff that that uh, Diogenio and and, and uh, Oliver were doing in that film is supported by the stuff that's in the assassination of Mrs. Payne, and includes people that, of course, would not have cooperated with Oliver Stone's film. So it's really terrific. Uh, I highly recommend looking that up and checking it out when it becomes available. It's it's great. Did you see the therapy record of Jack Ruby after he shot um, Oswald? I don't think I don't think so. If I did, I, it would have been a long time ago. The same person that interviewed Jack Ruby, at least from what I've heard and what I've kind of read a little bit, um, that the same person that interviewed Jack Ruby was the same person that also spoke with Charles Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, oh God, what's his name? It was was it Sidney Gottlieb? Now his name was something weird. It's, yeah, it's, I know who you're talking about. Um, yes. It's like um, love something, love something. And if you, if you start, <laughs> so here's, here's the thing, right? Okay. There's a whole like counterculture. And, and if you want to talk about this later, we, we can. Um, but one of the problems with getting into Kennedy assassination is that it uncovers you know, when you take off that wound, there's a lot of pus and the pus goes in all directions and it hits things like Charles Manson and the kidnapping of Patty Hearst and <laughs> a whole, whole mess of other stuff. Um, and some people don't want to go there. Some people are fine. I'm one of these people, you know, I love the counterculture. I grew up with that stuff. I, I am completely fine with it. And with May Russell basically being, you know, the, the person that I use as my, my gauge a lot of times. Um, yeah, you're going to find that there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. Um, and unfortunately, you're, you're also going to find that a lot of that stuff is true. And then you have to ask yourself what you're going to do with that information. Um, and there have been decisions that I have made in my life uh, where there are things that I won't write about. It's funny you say that because I'm I'm trying to write a I want to write a JFK book, but I don't know how I want to tackle it. I'm just trying to because eventually I'm going to get off this topic, probably uh, the JFK topic. At least I just want to talk to everyone I possibly can as I'm heading in this direction. But one thing I've learned is I give you guys anybody who writes about this, anybody on Kennedys and Kings. Maybe one day I'll get Jim's listening. I'll get my own little Kennedys and Kings spot. Um, no, <laughs> but. I, one thing I give you guys credit for is that it is severely, severely exhausting. Um, just not only the information and deep diving and the amazing work that you guys have done, but also it's just a very draining topic in general where there's so many things that make your brain feel like somebody's giving you like a lobotomy. And that it, another thing through my JFK research. I was like, what other government stuff has happened that's pretty bad? Did you know in New York in like 19, I think it was like 
was it 85 or 95, they were doing free lobotomies. They did like 200 to like 400 lobotomies just to the open public. You could just come down and have a lobotomy. I'm like, what? And yeah. like, that's yeah. nuts. Oh, well, and then you're going to go into the history of psychiatry. Yeah. And wow. Uh, <laughs> John, uh, John Judge was really involved uh, in the anti-psychiatry movement. He used to do marches and stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, that whole that whole history is very very nasty. It's the pus. Um, it's the pus. And yeah, it's the pus. Yeah, and we can. It's, that's a. But that's a. That's a whole other time. We can talk about that for another couple hours. Um, but yeah, it, it, so you have to kind of pick your battles too. I mean, you're right because mentally it is draining, and then you, you make this. Uh, there are certain things that I write about, and I feel comfortable writing about it. And then there's other things that I won't touch. With a ten-foot pole, because I'm concerned, because I got a family, and I'm not looking to, you know, get hurt. Um, so I'm trying to tell the truth as best I can, uh, while still staying more or less under the radar. Well, Joe, I really appreciate your time being able to speak with me. Is there a place where people can find any of your links, your uh, your film that you made, and any of your books as well, too? Yeah, you can't find my film for. <laughs> It's a whole other story. Uh, but you can find all my stuff basically at joegreenjfk.com. Um, and I've got uh, my little publishing house, Say Something Real, and Hidden History Center. You can link off that as well. Uh, you know, so there's, there's everything that I'm doing is more or less on that site. I'll make sure I link it all in the description. It's been a pleasure chatting, and thanks for listening to this episode 